Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. Welcome back into Pad the Stats fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, James Swanson. We're on to the running backs, Pat Cotter. It's time to talk the top three boys oh, headlining the running back class. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited to get into the running backs. This is my favorite uh, position to, to, you know, to scout. Um, uh, you know, wide receivers are really, really fun, but this is the, this is where it comes down to in Dynasty. These guys are the, are the big boys. These are the ones that you really want to make sure you get right because uh, if you drafted Keyshawn Vaughn last year, you're, you're not too happy. <laughs> uh, Steve, <laughs> if you're listening to this. Um, yeah, so I feel like you've been chomping at the bit since like the first wide receiver our first wide receiver scouting podcast you're like okay i'm ready to go to the running backs now yep oh yeah i mean like i said i still love looking at the receivers but there's just something special about running backs in my heart which is funny because uh my running backs are probably the worst in our in our dynasty right now but i really haven't spent a ton at the position over the past couple years so besides my boy jk that's all i got right now so uh i'm ready to dive in and, and see who i need to take up in this upcoming draft all right, let's talk a little dynasty really quick and uh, give a, a small in some small insight into our league. We had a vote proposal. Our, our annual voting occurred tonight. We had some rule changes. If you're in a dynasty league, which I hope you are if you're listening to this podcast because we're talking about rookies. But uh, if you are in a dynasty league, some interesting tidbits. We went to five taxi spots. We expanded our rosters tonight. We had a few changes. Quarterbacks and tight ends are going to be granted a third year of taxi eligibility. Oh, yeah. So we had a few few changes. been fun. This weekend is going to be really interesting. We've had the Dynasty Trophy at our house, which is a mixture between we're like young professionals slash frat boys yep. who yep. have like flags on the walls, but then we have this random trophy sitting on our yep. end table. And it's finally going to be leaving our house because it's going to be in the possession of Dave Ruprecht. Hopefully he'll be coming back soon. You know, well in three years, because right? our our cycles, is, if you don't know, kind of run. Uh, we crown the best team over the past three years in terms of how you've done in the playoffs. So, uh, Roops won the won our first inaugural dynasty title. So he'll get the trophy for three years, even though you know people will put plaques and names on on it every year for the winner. But he's got the he's got that bragging right, you know, to say, oh, "Yep, I won. I'm the best team. I'm the dynasty over three years." So. Um, just eat it boys yeah when we started we instituted a three three year cycle to crown our dynasty champions like pat said if you're starting a dynasty league you're interested in how do i get this thing going how do i get it off the ground what are some ideas we have a lot of great ideas i'm, I'm kind of biased towards our league i think it's a great league we have some very unique things in terms of um again really the most unique thing i think is the, those three year cycles so hit us up at pad the stats and we can help you get your dynasty league off the ground well, let's jump into the running backs now, Pat, and why don't we start with Travis Etienne out of Clemson. So last year, we kind of expected Etienne to come out in the 2020 draft, uh, but he didn't. He stayed for his senior year, and one of the things that, the thing that really jumps off the page, it uh, you know, really is the production. You're talking about a guy in four years who had nearly 5,000 rushing yards, most rushing yards in Clemson history, set over seven yards per carry, 70 rushing touchdowns, over 100 receptions, and another eight touchdowns for the year. So you're, you know, a guy who totaled 80 touchdowns almost. I mean, just crazy numbers. And 
the thing that really jumps off the page when you put on his film is that long speed. Oh yeah, he is ridiculously fast. Like he's gonna be, he's easily one of the, like the the fastest backs that we've some seen come out. You know, especially accomplished backs that have come out in a long time. It is it is blazing. Like he's gonna outrun most guys on the field. You know, not too many people are gonna be be able to keep up with him, let alone catch him. Um, and that's you know that's his his biggest trait. He's 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 a very very good athlete. But you know he kind of has something that a lot of you know these faster guys lack is he's very good whenever he's getting these glancing blows you're not just going to bring him down with a with a hit to the side or uh, an arm you need to actually get your hands on him to bring him down yeah um i wrote that obviously he's very dangerous in the open field if you can get him out in the screen game out uh coming out of the backfield use him in a variety of ways to get him in space he is one of the most dangerous backs in this class he can break a long run at any time. He's the type of guy who's going to break a 70 or 80 yard touchdown run at the drop of a hat. Um, he's the guy who, when he gets the perimeter, if you take a bad angle on him, he will burn you. If a safety miss takes a bad angle or yeah. miscalculates, oh, yeah. he's going to burn you. And Najee and Williams, who we'll talk about soon, those they aren't like that. No. They, they won't do those sorts of things. So ETN is unique in that sense. Um Look, I wrote that he's not going to break a lot of tackles. Uh, he has that exceptional burst, which, look, I, I love it. I think he's a guy who's he's going to put up those stat lines where he's like eleven carries for a buck twenty, and he's going to break that big run. I personally don't think he's an every down back. I don't think he's that great in between the tackles. Um, I do think he lacks a little bit there. He's not going to break a ton of tackles. You said earlier he's more of a weaver than a cutter, which actually I, I thought was a pretty good way to describe yeah. him. Oh, yeah. He he doesn't really – he's not going to break a guy down and, and try to, you know, juke him out of his shoes. That's just not his game. He's going to he's gonna pick a hole, and he's going to run straight. And, and and he will, like, you know, weave in and out kind of like, you know, like a, a motorcycle type of thing. Just he, But he doesn't really, like, stop and cut. So he, he's a, he has a very different play style in that sense. He's much more of a, a cut-and-go type of runner. You want to kind of, you know, you want to work him in space, but he's not going to work well kind of like running down the line in, in, a, in a, like a zone scheme and try to cut up into the. Yeah, so where do you see him fitting in? Personally, I see him as a guy who I, I don't think he's a 20-touch-a-game guy. I think he's a guy that's probably going to fit well where you get him his 11 to 12, 13 touches, and he's going to hit some explosive plays for you. Um I thought maybe Atlanta could be a fit. Uh, I can see why he came back. I would have taken J.K. Dobbins over him. I would have taken uh, DeAndre Swift over him last year. I would have taken Cam Akers over him last year. Um, I, I think he's good, but I would personally I would temper the expectations on ETN. I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be great. Yeah, I, I I still think he's got a lot of upside. I think it's going to be very team dependent. He needs to go somewhere that uh, I think can spread out the offense. I'd like like uh, in Arizona, somebody that's going to play a lot of three wide, four wide, and that way he can kind of make people miss a little bit better and ha have more area to work with compared to a stack box. So I think he's going to work better in offenses, like you said, like even with like uh, Atlanta, who like to spread people out. I think that's where he's going to be most effective. He's not a pounder. He's not a guy you want to give the ball to 30 times or even 20 times, I think he's going to be most effective with a little bit more of a limited workload. 
Um, you know, he wasn't the best pass catcher back when, but he's kind of made that a functional ability of his. He's not, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think he's pretty, I think he's fine though. I think he's fine. I think it's functional and that's what he needs. And he needs to be able to go out of the backfield and catch the ball. That way he, they, you just get him into space already. Um, so I like him. I don't love him like I wanted to. Um, and I don't, I, I don't see him getting anywhere near my number one back who, we will talk about soon. Yeah, for me, there's a top tier, and he's not in it. Uh, yeah, I agree. So, uh, look, like I said, I think good. I don't think great. I think there are some systems where he can be a very explosive back, and you're going to get stretches where he looks like a game breaker. He's going to break he just flat out. He's going to make plays that he is a game, game wrecker um, with that speed and with that explosiveness, and you get him out in the open field. But I would not expect ETN to be a three-down back at the next level. Uh, there aren't many of those these days, but uh, I, I don't think he's one of them. Um, it's some measurables, 5'10", 210. He's not really big in the lower half. Like, he's kind of easy to take down. If you get your arms wrapped around him, like, we talk about Javante Williams and Najee in a sec. They break arm tackles. Like, it's, it's they're, they're, they're already getting paid for it. Like, he is not that guy. You agree with that? Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, if you get like an arm on him or something, like a like a safety or or a corner gets an arm on him, or you just kind of try to slap at him, or kind of even like I said, the glancing blows. I think he's fine at, at breaking off of those. But if you get if you wrap him in any way, he's he's going down. Like if you when you get your arms around him, he's he's done for. He's not going to run through that. Now, if you now contrast to that, and kind of like you were saying, he will make some spectacular plays in terms of balance, kind of bouncing off tackles put on the Virginia tape you'll see that a lot that's a really good one to take a look at from this year all right let's move on and this is my number one running back I'll say it right off the bat um he is in a tier by himself and that's Najee Harris out of Alabama Pat six foot and a half 230 pounds 22 years old 2020 numbers 251 attempts over 1450 yards 5.8 5.8 yards per carry, 26 touchdowns, 425 yards through the air, and another four touchdowns receiving. One of the things that I noticed was his leg drive is just absolutely exceptional. This guy is so powerful. And at 230 pounds, he's pretty light on his feet. He's not explosively fast. He's not going to rip off 30-yard runs, 40-yard runs very often. But I think what he brings to the table is what Le'Veon Bell did in his prime at the Steelers. Not the same running style, that's not what I'm talking about, but rather in terms of production. He's very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. It's completely surprised me. I, I was very impressed at some of his option routes and angle routes. Uh, he can do a lot of things on the football field. For me, far and away, we'll talk about Javante soon, he was my best back. Oh, I agree. I, you know, I don't think there is much... I don't think these two hold a candle to Najee. You know, they're they're good. Najee does things that are that are different. He his feet for as big as he is are just ridiculous. He will juke guys out of their shoes at, you know, what is he, 230, 220? And 
six what six two two twenty two six three six two. I had him six foot and a half. Okay, six foot and a half two thirty is what I had him at. Is that okay. wrong? No, yeah, no. He's six one and a half. Six one and a half. Oh, yeah. Okay, two thirty. And I mean, he's just massive. And and the the ability for him to move his feet are like Bettis. You know, it's just like a guy that he's like twinkle toes. Even though he's just going to run you over if you come near him. Um, and like you said, his receiving ability is just is might be the best in the class. He, his hands are are very good, and he and he shows a, a a good technical ability to run routes, and it it was impressive to see. Uh, like I said, everything he does is impressive. He's ridiculously athletic. He hurdles guys left and right, like we saw in the Notre Dame game. Um, and his only real weakness, like you said, is his long speed. He's not going to outrun anybody. He might be one of the slower backs in the class, to be honest with you, but I don't really care because he I, he looks great everywhere else. Yeah, not twitchy, not top-end speed, but he does so much in all aspects of the game. Uh, one-on-one in the open field, you're not going to tackle him. Um, again, the Le'Veon Bell, I think, he just, I think he can do that. And if the Steelers snag him at 24... I wouldn't be mad about it personally. Um, let's see. What else did I write down here? I, I thought he possessed the style to be a violent runner. He's very difficult to tackle in general. Short yardage especially. It's surprising at 230, like you said, he, he makes spin moves at the line of scrimmage immediately after getting the handoff. His spin it's moves like, are beautiful. It's really It's nice. like water painting or something like that, dude. It's just <laughs> wild. It's wild, dude. It, yeah, it, it, he's he's an impressive back and I came away from this more impressed than I thought I would be going into I knew he was good but this really blew me away yeah I I love him he's my number one back in the class like you said on a tier of his own I like you know like I said I think Travis Etienne is good I think this guy up we're about to talk to is pretty good Uh, but they're not Najee we're about to talk to are we gonna get him on the phone I think we're going to uh, to try to ring him Let's up. Get Javante I, I, on the phone. I, I, All right, we got Javante calling going in to right now. He said he had an early workout. I don't oh, think he's going to be awake oh, to, okay. to, uh, to right. go for this one. Um, yeah. So, where would you like to see Javante land? Or, I'm sorry, where would you like to see Najee land? I would love to see him land with the Steelers. Agreed. Um, where else? But you know, I think he would work well in Seattle. I think that'd be a pretty good spot for him to kind of take over the Chris Carson role if he ends up moving on. Um, I think, you know, oh man, imagine if Tampa drafted him with that offensive line. It'd be, oh my, that would just, I would be, I would cry. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, I think he's going to work in a lot of places. I think he's a really, I just can't say enough good things. If you compare him to last year's class, Pat, you just kind of posed this question to me before we jumped on the podcast. Um, I, he's right up there for me. I mean, top two from last year yeah i think i would put him at two i had i had deandre swift number one i had and then that would make him one spot above jk who i had at two last year so um like i said i i really like him a lot i i think him i think of him along those lines of as a top running back in last year's class let alone this year's class okay just in a vacuum are you taking him over the receivers that we scouted not thinking about what a team needs I would, I would, just because I, 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 but I, I put such a high, a high uh, emphasis on running backs. I, I really, I really love having my team. Like I think a base of a team is a running back. Wide receivers are going to last you a lot longer, but I just, I just love Najee. Like I really just love his personality. I love his play style. I love the just 
literally everything about him. So I would take him. He's my favorite guy in the class. Yeah, so great, great things from Najee Harris. Love that. Um, and let's move on to the last one that we scouted in in this round, and that's Javante Williams out of UNC. 5'10", 220 pounds, just 20 years old. He's one of the youngest, if not the youngest, back. He's the youngest gonna, one I've looked at so look far. At. So uh, you got to love that from a running back standpoint where you look at a guy like Travis Etienne who had nearly 700 attempts in his four years. We didn't even talk about that. It's just how much of a workload oh, yeah. Yeah. Etienne has. Um, Najee Harris, who has you know, 450, 460 attempts the last two years. Uh, Javonta Williams shared that backfield with Michael Carter. That was a great one-two punch. Just 157 carries in 2020 in 11 games, but 7.3 yards per carry, almost 1150 yards rushing, 19 touchdowns. This was his big breakout year. 25 catches, 305 yards, and three touchdowns through the year. So, Pat, um, what I saw on tape was a guy who can catch the back ball out of the backfield, but I think an NFL team is going to have probably somebody on their roster that uh, does it better. I think he can't, like you said, he's probably functional. He can do it, but not his biggest strength. Um, he's not Najee in that sense. The number one thing in terms of his running style is just how many tackles he breaks. It is astonishing the number of arm. You won't arm tackle this guy. No. You absolutely won't. You can't arm tackle him. He just breaks everything. Uh, good size, very good balance. I think he's a little like Najee in the sense of his open field just knack for breaking tackles. Like You're probably not going to break a tackle on him if he, if he breaks you down in the open field and sizes you up. Like You're probably not tackling him. Um, now, my negatives quickly. I said his vision's not great. I don't think he's very good in between the tackles. He's worse than ETN. He could excel in a one-cut system, get downhill, but I thought he left a lot to be desired in terms of uh, you know reading his blocks at the first and second level, and he needs some work in pass protection. So overall... That ability to break tackles, I do think he's going to be a damn good back at the next level. I don't think he's going to be elite. I think his upside in production, depending on where he goes, is maybe like a... Uh, I don't know. I, I said David Montgomery earlier, but maybe it's maybe a little bit more than that. Now, again, it depends on where he goes. But what were your, I guess, main takes, pros, cons of when we broke down uh, Javante? Like you said, I mean, his the number of tackles he breaks is just is just ridiculous. I think it's 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 I am it, it's we probably even see, seen him more uh, break more tackles than we did with Najee, but I think he needs to get up kind of get up to speed to do it. You know, I, he needs he needs to have a little bit of a runway to get up to his his uh, get up to his speed to be able to run over guys as effectively as he does. The difference with Najee is Najee's able to like as soon as he gets a ball, make a cut or make a spin move to get away from a guy if they get into the backfield early. Or he's able to break guys down and actually move laterally, jump, make a cut before he fully gets up to where he needs to be. Javonta, I don't think, has that. He might be able to make some lateral moves. He just doesn't seem to have that mindset where he's going to, like, approach a guy and go, I'm going to, you know, just, like, juke you out of your shoes, where he's just like, I'm just going to run you over. Or I'm going to try to run by you, and, and you're just going to have a glancing blow. Najee will look at a guy and go, okay, you're going to look silly right now. I'm either going to jump over you. I'm going to run over you or I'm going to juke you. So like, I don't think he has as many tools in his basket from a, from a technical standpoint, but his, his ability to break tackles is wild. 
Yeah, uh, I guess judging on what we saw, like Najee has just a complete tool set, and Etn and and Williams just don't. Yeah, I would say that that makes sense. Okay. Um. Yeah, I you know Etn was the one that I came away from here that I thought, I just don't know. I'm I'm struggling a little bit with with Etn. Williams, I think, like I said, is going to be damn good. I don't think he's great. I think Najee could be great. What are, do you th- are you on board with that? Yeah, and I kind of said to you earlier, I look at these two, Travis Etienne and Javonta Williams, as kind of the two sides of a coin. Javonta is, I feel like, a pretty safe player. I don't, I don't see him going into the league and being an absolute bust. He just never anything. I think he is going to be at least a functional running back somewhere. He's going to be able to do it. He's going to be. You're going to be okay with what you get. Maybe not like loving what you're getting from him, but he's going to produce. Travis Etienne, I could see him like just being out of the league in a couple of years. You know, he's extremely fast, but the sun, that doesn't always transfer to the NFL. I think he is a much more likely to be a kind of a rotational or a change of pace kind of guy. I think that's much more likely for him than Javonta, but he could be amazing. So you think he's going to? I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be out of the league in a couple of years. I mean, I, I don't maybe think not that, that but you know, I just think that the Javonta is, it has a lot safer of a floor than Travis Etienne does from a, a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. Uh, I probably, probably agree with that. Okay. So like, if you're going into your draft and you're like, I just really need to get a running back. I know is going to produce for my team. Like that's, that is my goal right now. Then you're going to, then you're going to want to take Javonta. But if you are looking and you're like, okay, I just need that piece on my team that is going to be able to break it open any week could put up 40 at any time and uh, but you know or even could be like a top level player but if i miss that's that's fine the rest of my team's solid so i think that would be when you'd want to take travis Etienne. all right um javonta williams or cam Akers last year that's a good one that's a good one i think they're right they're right with each other for me i know you probably are going to take cam Akers because you are always a big cam Akers guy um, I would probably take Javonta out of the safety, but I think they're both, I think I like, still like Cam Akers a lot. Yeah. Uh, one of the knocks on Akers coming out of Florida state was his vision. Now he ran behind a very poor offensive line. UNC's offense was generally very good. They opened up a lot of things for him and Michael Carter. I think his vision kind of sucks personally. So just keep an eye on that when you're watching his film. I just don't think he reads blocks very well at the first and second level. Um, but uh, that's just me. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, everybody said that about Akers, and he really took off the second half of the yeah, year. Yeah, that's good. Those are good comparisons. And, you know, we're going to continue to to dive into these guys uh, through the course of the year or through the course of this next couple process, this next process, you know, going into the draft. Yep. Um, if anything comes up and we decide we want to, like, are we starting to see differently on a person, we will certainly update you guys and let you know. So you guys know kind of how and can evolve as like, you know, with us. So um, we still got a lot of want to watch these guys, but I feel pretty good about my assessment of these, of these, these guys. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely break down more film on, on these three. Um, now, when we get into, we're going to have a couple more of these podcasts on the running backs before we do t- quarterbacks and tight ends. So Pat, uh, what are we looking at for the next episode at the position? I think, you know, I think the next guys we're going to want to look at are Michael Carter. Who you love. Kenneth Gainwell. Who you love. And hmm, I'm going to, uh, I think probably Chuba. I think probably Chuba. Ooh. We might 
put Sermon in there? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of that last one we might need to figure out. I Trey Sermon against Northwestern and in the college football playoff. Oh it's a God. beast. That was that was like like when he put his name on the map. Like he played well in the game in the game bef- before that, but he yeah. really just just went ham in that game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they so, needed it. They needed it too. You know, uh, Justin Justin Fields wasn't playing all that great in that game. So yeah. Well, then he t- he even tore up. Uh, who did they? What was the the matchups in the playoff? It was Alabama oh, it was, Notre it was, Dame. They, and they, they, oh, uh, Clemson. Justin he tore, tore up Clemson, he tore yeah. Clemson too. No, no, no. Well, I mean, even because uh, am I am I getting this wrong? When did he get hurt in the championship game? He got hurt in the championship. game. Okay, no. so the I semifinal think, he tore it up, no, didn't he? He got hurt in the he got hurt hurt in the Northwestern game. And he was still hurt for the Clemson game, I think. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In the championship game, he left after the first series. Did he not? Because he got hurt, and we're like, oh, Sermon's done for the game. Oh, Sermon, yeah, 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 Sermon's done. No, not, what do you think? I was talking about Fields? Fields, We're talking about running backs here. Come on. No, 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 I'm talking about Sermon. I mean, Sermon left at the start of the That's why he's so interesting to me, because when you watch the last few games of the year, the Big Ten Championship and the playoff, Mm -hmm. the semi, Dominated. He was very, very good. So that I'm excited to check to check See, him why, out. Why don't we put Sermon in there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just talked ourselves into it. Um, all right. So that does it for the first three running backs. Uh, this podcast we were recording on the evening of February 18th. So we'll be releasing this Friday the 19th. And then again, so we're trying to do these every two a week. Monday, typically Monday, Thursday is generally where we're releasing these. So. Uh, that's about the schedule we'll follow through. Go ahead. And I got to give one shout out to the RB1 still of my heart, Journey Brown. Did you have to bring that up? I had to. I had to. He, I, I still love him. I he, I made him. I made, I said early in the season, before the season started last year, that Journey Brown was going to be RB1 by the end of the year. And unfortunately, I was wrong and he didn't play, you know, and he for, for good reason. But it just it makes me sad because I, I loved with Journey Brown with all my heart. And I don't do that for Penn State players very often. <laughs> yeah. So that, that is a real bummer. I, I don't even really want to talk about it. We're just going to leave it at that. So thanks for uh, tuning in to another episode of Pat the Stats. We'll talk to you next time.